When Jesus and his disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place. And there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. He answered, let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went out throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. For the past few weeks, I've been facilitating an inquiry class here uh, on the Episcopal Church. Though there are many, some in the class, there are three individuals that will be confirmed by our bishop next Sunday at this service, at the 1030 service, when our bishop comes to both our 8 and 1030. This week in our class, we talked a lot about what we call a rule of life. Now, if you're a daughter of the king, you know what a rule of life is, but many in our church may have heard the term before or something about it, but not necessarily use it in their life. So what is a rule of life? Well, a, a definition of a rule of life is this. Is a rule of life is a commitment to live your life in a particular way. It is meant to be crafted with prayer and discernment and in partnership with God. As you consider the way God made you and the values he has inscribed upon your heart. Once written, it serves as a tool to, you can help to make decisions in your life and to determine how best to order your days. Well, that is a very good definition of the rule of life in general, but you may still be asking the question, what does a rule of life look like? And that was the, question, the exact question I got in my inquiry class about the rule of life. Now, my short answer to everyone was this. Your rule of life is unique to you and your needs in growing closer to God. My rule of life would be very different from many of you. It is also not cast in granite. 
Your rule of life is meant to be flexible and change as your life changes. The first attributed official example of a Christian rule of life came from our Desert Fathers, a monastic community of mystics living in Egypt around the third century. The most well-known rule is the rule of St. Benedict, written 1,500 years ago, which was created to help St. Benedict and his community of monks to translate their faith into habits and rhythms in their sacred daily life. His famous rule has inspired many communities and individuals to develop their own rules with similar intention. But I think even before the official rule of life came about in the third century, Jesus modeled for all of us a rule of life, a way to stay focused on God's call in his life while he was here, here on earth. In our gospel reading today, we are still in the first chapter of Mark. Can you still believe it? It seems like we've been there forever. And we, can, we find Jesus and his disciples just leaving the synagogue where those in attendance were amazed by his teaching of, with authority and casting out a demon. And if you want to hear about that, tune in to the live stream last week. Now, scripture tells us that Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew, where Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever. Now, the first order of business was to tell Jesus that the mother-in-law was sick. So Jesus goes to her, takes her hand, and immediately the fever leaves her. And she's not just feeling a little bit better. No, she's feeling so good that she was able to give hospitality to these unexpected guests that show up at her door. Now our story shifts to the evening at sunset at the house where it seems the whole city that is sick and demon-possessed show up at Simon's door and wanting Jesus to do something. They come for healing and to have the demons cast out. And I'm sure the word has been getting out about Jesus casting out demons and how they healed, how he healed Simon's mother-in-law. By the end of the evening, I imagine Jesus must have been physically and mentally exhausted because the whole city showed up at the door wanting something from him. So what does Jesus do next? Well, I'm sure he went to sleep because he needed rest because he is fully human. But he probably did not sleep to noon like I would have done after that. <laughs> no, he did something else. And Mark tells us he did this. In the morning while it was still dark, in other words, before sunrise, Jesus gets up by himself. And he goes to a deserted place where he can pray. Jesus does this many times in his ministry. When the crowds press in on him, when they make demands on him, Jesus goes off by himself to pray to his Father in heaven. You may recall the stories of when Jesus feeds the 5,000, and after that, he goes off. He sends his, 
his disciples on ahead of him, and he goes off and prays by himself. At the Last Supper, Jesus goes off by himself in the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. These actions of Jesus become a pattern of his life or a first rule of life. When stressed or overwhelmed, find time to be alone and pray for God's clarity and strength. The disciples finally find Jesus in his deserted place and inform him, everybody's been searching for you. You can almost hear the indignation about, you know, why, why could you go off like that? Everybody's looking for you. But Jesus could have gone back to town and no doubt healed a boatload more people, but he didn't. Strengthened in his mission through prayer, Jesus tells his disciples this, let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. Jesus' rule of life was simple. Stay connected to God the Father through prayer and continue spreading the good news of the kingdom of God, teaching with authority and, yes, healing along the way. But healing and casting out demons were never Jesus' primary mission. Jesus' rule of life kept him on God's track for his life when life pulled him in many, many different directions. Our lives get pulled in many directions too, don't they? Jesus understands that. He's been there. Having a rule of life or simply practices that help us stay focused on God's plan for our lives can help us stay in, on track when we feel pulled in so many different directions. Many of you are thinking now, though, I don't know what God's plan is for my life. We have all been there. Maybe we're currently there. The rule of life helps that, too. For it builds in tools for time to pray and to listen to God in our lives. Listening is key. A good rule of life puts forth a balance of living for God, but also living in our world. We can't get away from that, right? It should include some time for yourself, time for family, friends, recreation, and restoration. No two rules of life are the same, and as I said before, they change over time because we all go through seasons in our life, and so our rule of life needs to change when we change. If you feel like you're treading water right now and your world is spinning out of control, think about putting some guidelines down on paper that will help you not only draw closer to God, but to put some balance in your life. Any one area of your life, if you do too much of that, can take your life out of balance, right? I plan to review my and rewrite my rule of life while I'm on sabbatical this summer. It will be a perfect time for me to take some time for prayer, reflection, and to just listen to God. Because even pastors get caught up in what they have to do. 
and they don't take time sometimes to listen to what God's telling them to do. Lent is also a great time to slow down and reflect on where your life is and to use to have more balance in it. Lent begins, I don't want to stress you out, but on February 14th, Valentine's Day. That's to remind all the guys here that it is, it's only 10 days away. So just to let you know, Lent is coming early this year. Now, if you're thinking, how do I start my rule of life? I came across some aids and tools that will help you. So the first one is a manifesto of 36 rules of life. Now, I'm not going to tell you all of them, but I, I picked out a few of my favorites that will maybe help you. The first one is never under any circumstances take a sleeping pill and a laxative on the same night. <laughs> okay. Okay. If you must choose between two evils, pick one you're, that you've never tried before. <laughs> never lick a steak knife. And my personal favorite, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than standing in a garage makes you a car. Okay. Obviously, that is not what we're talking about in a rule of life, but I've gotten your attention, didn't I? All right. Yeah, I do have some real tools for you to use um, for helping you to develop a rule of life. The first one comes from the Episcopal Church, developed in 2011, and it's uh, five pages of small print. Of course, it comes from the Episcopal Church. Why, you know, we got to put a lot of words to things. So, it, but it does give you some suggestions on how to craft a rule of life. And it's, it's, it's a very good tool. I'm just kind of joking about it. But then I came across another one that's not Episcopal, and it has a lot more white space on it, of course. And this rule of life was developed by Peter Scazzaro, a Christian author and a longtime pastor in Queens, New York. In his worksheet of putting together a rule of life, Peter says this, figure out how much structure you need, a lot or a little. And that's key. You have to know yourself, so you have to do some discernment there. And then he quotes Deborah Farrington from her book, Living Faith Day by Day. It's a very good book that helps us live spiritually in our modern world. I highly recommend it, and it will be in our library soon because it's going from my library in my office to our uh, family center in our library. She writes this, over the years, I've also struggled with the amount of structure to build in to a rule. People I respect deeply have detailed rules that set times for prayer and so on. They tell me that if, you don't, if I don't get up at 6.30 in the morning and take a half hour of prayer, that I'll never get it during the day. But that doesn't work for me. Amen to Deborah. <laughs> yeah, because it wouldn't work for me either. She says, it makes my spiritual life into something to add to my to-do list. And it becomes a chore and not a blessing. Over the years, I have found that my rule of of prayer needs to be more open-ended. I'm committed to daily prayer, but how and when I do it varies from day to day. 
you have to know yourself. You have to kind of look at yourself a little bit. And that's sometimes hard for us to do, to look into ourselves, to know what makes us tick and know what's going to work for us. And sometimes we don't know until we try something. And then if it doesn't work, then you go back and change it. Jesus didn't write down his rule of life. He didn't even call it that. But he did live it. He lived it and he gives us an example of how we too can structure our lives to live into the fullness of God's call on each one of us. Take some time over this Lent to slow down, to reflect on where you are and where you want to be and where God wants you to be. I have copies of the two tools, the real tools, um, out in the atrium for you to take. And if we run out, I will make more. And if you don't get one, let me know, and I will make sure you get one. As we move into our Lenten season, let us all reflect on our daily lives and see where we could use to make some changes. We all need to make changes, don't we? I mean, is anybody here perfect? Okay, raise your hand, oh, except for Jonathan. Jonathan's perfect. I don't know if Kathy would agree with that, but Jonathan thinks he's perfect. So, but we all need to make changes in our lives. And Jesus gives us a perfect example of how to live into a rule of life. Maybe writing down things doesn't work for you. It's okay, but you can, know what you need to do. You gotta start thinking about it. You gotta start praying about it. And we need to follow the perfect example of the only perfect person that ever lived, was Jesus. Amen.